the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, July the 15th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On July 15, 1916, Boeing Company, originally known as the Pacific Aero Products Company, it was founded in Seattle. Most of you knew that. Today, in 1834, the Spanish Inquisition was abolished more than three and a half centuries after its creation. Today, in 1870, Georgia became the last Confederate state to be readmitted to the Union. Today, in 1913, Democrat Augustus Bacon of Georgia became the first person elected to the U.S. Senate under the terms of the recently ratified 17th Amendment to the United States Constitution that provided for popular election of senators rather than their being appointed as it had been. Today in 1976, a 36-hour kidnap ordeal began for 26 school kids and their bus driver. They were abducted near Chowchilla, California. I had never heard of Chowchilla, California, honestly, at that time. Had driven, my wife and I have driven I-5 from, <laughs> from the north to the south many, many times. I was not aware of Chowchilla, but it leapt into the news today in 1976 Three gunmen had taken over this school bus and they had imprisoned the, these 26 school kids and their bus driver in this underground cell. It looked like the pictures, I remember it very well. I'd, I mean, it was stunning. Uh, they, it looked like they had driven it into a place, you know, where sometimes farmers or something will cut a, cut a kind of a, a ramp into a dirt or into a little side of a hill. They can back a truck up there and use it as a loading ramp. I don't know if they still do that, but they used to. And um, anyway, it looked like something like that, but they had put this bus in there and they'd covered it up. I mean, it was pretty much covered up with dirt. And I mean, that was monumental. Anyway, it ended well. I mean, everybody was following this. I mean, 26 kids on this bus and the bus driver and these guys were driven it into a hole and were covering it up. And man, you know, anyway, it ended well. I mean, as well as it could have, the captives escaped unharmed the 26 kids as the bus driver and the kidnappers were caught but it was kind of bizarre but anyway that happened today in 1976 today in 1996 msnbc a 24-hour all-news network owned by nbc of course <clears throat> it made its debut on cable and the internet it's still trying to debut because nobody watches it relatively speaking Today in 2016, Donald Trump chose Indiana Governor Mike Pence to be his running mate. Today in 2020, George Floyd's family filed a lawsuit against the city of Minneapolis and the four police officers charged in his death. Eventually, the city agreed to pay $27 million to settle the lawsuit in March of last year, 2021. A lot of money. Only 28% of Americans have a great deal or quite a lot. Those were the terms Gallup poll used. 
great deal or quite a lot of confidence in public education system. The sharp decline, Gallup is saying this morning, marks the second lowest all-time record for public education confidence in America. 26% in 2014 is the lowest ever. 28% down from 41% in 2020. It also shows a slight decline from 29% uh, from 2019. There's a lot there, and I'm not going to get into that today, but I just wanted to mention it. Gallup says the partisan divide on the question, however, is stark, and it reveals a fundamental disagreement among Americans as to the worth of the system, not just what they're trying to teach our children and are teaching children, but how we evaluate the system as a whole. And Americans don't think the system, the whole deal, is worth all that much anymore. I would be part of Americans, part of that group. While Democrats clock in as having a great deal or quite a lot of confidence in the system, 43% have confidence, of Democrats have confidence in the uh, public school system. That's a drop from 48% in 2020. Republican support, Gallup says, plummeted from 34% to 14% during that same time frame. Independents dropped nine points to 29%. There's a million reasons why Americans don't have confidence in the whole system anymore. It isn't just a class they're teaching in some faraway place. It is pervasive across the nation, and it's the whole approach to education that Americans are fed up with because it is a failed system. And we talk about that a lot on this program, but I just wanted to note that because it was published this morning, just a few hours ago, this release. Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, familiar words to most of us that are Christians and who read the Bible. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Consumers around the world spend an average of 463 minutes, or over 7.5 hours per day, with media. Per day. American consumers tend to average more time than most, as media is a major part of our daily lives. Although the ways in which media is consumed are changing, no question about that, Americans still spend around 347 minutes per day with traditional media, along with 470 minutes of digital media. What are we consuming during those 13.61 hours every day involved in the media and with the media? I want to talk to you a little bit about that, but for those of you who may have gone to Sunday school when you were little, I did, I grew up in church, and going to Sunday school and everything, do you remember that chorus, that little chorus? Maybe it was just our group at our church, I don't know, but I, I think others probably were singing it as well. Remember that little chorus? It says, be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little eyes what you see. There's a father up above. He's looking down in love. Why do I remember that from memory? 
He's looking down in love, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. Then it went through all of the, be careful, little ears, what you hear, you know. And there's a father up above looking down in love, not condemning, but in love. So be careful what you see, what you hear. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Be careful, little hands, what you do. It went through the whole deal. I think this may be a time to revisit that chorus. Be careful, little eyes and ears and heart, what you consume in today's culture. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. I want to talk to you a little bit about social media. Remember garbage in, garbage out. American adults 18 and over are spending 13.61 hours per day consuming some form of media. I would like to think it's all listening to Christian radio. (laughs) It's not. It should be, but it's not. We're listening to both traditional TV and radio. We're on websites, streaming movies, music. We're on social media sites, which in some cases dominate most of the 13.61 hours per day of media consumption. Studies show that in 2010, just 12 years ago, 51% of males and 56% of females aged between 16 and 24 had created at least one social media account. In comparison, by 2019, and these are the last hard numbers that they have through 2019, the beginning of 2020, 78% of males and 86% of females of the same age had a social media profile. So in 12 years, we went from putting our toe in the water to being all in on the deep end of the pool, over our head. The growth in these percentages demonstrates that younger generations' reliance on social media, media that has become a staple in everyday life, It is part of their life. It's woven into not just they, the kids, but adults as well. In America, users of Facebook spend 58 minutes per day, 325 hours per year on the platform, while users of Instagram spend 53 minutes per day, 297 hours per year. This is average. I mean, you probably know someone that spends more time than that, and you may know some who spend less, but that's the average. Studies show that Gen Z generation, the young kids, is gravitating towards apps like Instagram and TikTok and away from Facebook. As they allow them to become more creative and express themselves, they're more attractive. TikTok is majoring in that. Facebook is often seen as the place where you'll find your parents or your grandparents. I won't say any more on that. I'll leave that alone at that point. We could talk about the wasted time spent on the media. This is non-productive time in the Christian life. Clearly, that's the case. I would like to talk about that for an hour or so, but we don't have that much time. But I think you can fill in the blanks. We need, we are responsible for the time that God gives us in our lives, whether we're Gen Z kids or old guys. God gives us life, and it's a, it's a, it's a valuable, it's a precious commodity. 
And we are quick, and I am, I talk about it all the time, to talk about the sanctity of life in regards to abortion. And we'll continue to talk about that as long as they're killing one unwanted, unborn child in America. It's murder. And we'll talk about it. But there's a broader sense in which we need also to be looking at life, not just the saving of babies' lives in a, in a terribly barbaric culture. But we need to be looking at our own lives and the value of that life. You say, well, you know, my, I, don't, I don't feel I'm valuable. Well, God does, and that's the point. God feels you're very valuable. He breathed life into the human race and in God's great design. You were born. And we're having this conversation today, and we all have a responsibility to God. That's why... We've got to be careful, little eyes, what you see, and little ears, what you hear, and little tongue, what you say, and so on. A lot of truth in that. TikTok is a Chinese-owned site that poses a threat to every American user, according to Brendan Carr. He's commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission. He doesn't usually come out that strongly on anything, unless it's raising the fees for broadcasting or whatever. But TikTok is not what it appears to be. It is the fastest growing site in the world at this time. It attracts mostly kids, millions of kids, and it's bizarre. Probably, if you know kids, they're probably on TikTok. Adults are there as well, but boy, it is a mega gathering place for kids. Carr says a lot of people view the Chinese app TikTok as a platform for sharing funny videos, but it poses a data security risk to America. He says they just see TikTok for what it appears to be on the surface, but that's just the sheep's clothing. The commissioner said if you look beneath it, there's an awful lot of data that's being pulled from your device and apparently sent back to China. Underneath that, he says it's pulling Biometrics, including face prints and voice prints, keystroke patterns and rhythms, search and browsing history, location information. All of this is being fed back to the Communist Party in China. This is the commissioner of the Federal Communications Commission. He says, quote, they just see TikTok for what it appears on the surface. But he said there's much more. He referred to a June BuzzFeed um, report, and I actually saw this. I didn't talk about it on the radio, but he mentions it as significant, and it, it is, and I thought it was, but it, it, last month, uh, BuzzFeed is, is kind of a, they, they're always looking at the media and talking about it. And, I mean, that's what they do. And um, they had this report, and it was based on leaked audio from 80 TikTok internal meetings, in other words, the people that are running TikTok, 80 different kind of staff meetings, I guess you could call it, and it revealed that engineers in China had repeatedly accessed U.S. data, U.S. user data flowing back to the Chinese regime, he said, is very concerning, and he says, we are certain this is happening. Carr says, once data hits China, they have a national security law there that compels all of these entities to assist them in espionage activity. 
While the Chinese regime repeatedly denies that the Communist Party can access users' data, nobody believes that. It's well known that China runs the world's most sophisticated data analytics operation that has ever existed, really, meaning that all sorts of, of nefarious kinds of conduct can and probably is taking place as we speak today. I mean, social media operates in real time. That's why it's so attractive. You don't have to sit down and have coffee with somebody to talk to them. You can be texting in real time somebody in Africa. I get messages from people I know all around the world sometimes. I mean, it's just real. It's just amazing thing. But it has a very dark downside. And TikTok particularly has a very dark downside. And if I didn't think for a moment that many of you are on that, I wouldn't have taken the time to talk about it today. But even if you are not, your grandchildren likely are, and you should be aware of this. The Chinese Communist Party has a history of business and industrial espionage and blackmail. China is setting itself up now to become the imperial wizard of the world. I think everybody that pays attention knows that. They just are. Well, we're fiddling around with our belly button trying to figure out what gender we are here in America, and I'm not overstating that. China is setting the stage for world dominance, financially, probably militarily, certainly politically. They want to advance their message of communism and atheism. Carr says engineers in Beijing are working on the algorithms very actively, deciding what is displayed to users in the U.S. and globally. Whether it's a foreign influence campaign or other content, it's noteworthy, I'm quoting him, it's noteworthy that China does not allow TikTok inside of China. <laughs> so they're force-feeding it, or not even force-feeding it, they're making it available to the rest of the world, and we're consuming it in massive hundreds of millions of people. We're consuming it, but they don't want it in their own country, and it's not in their own country. So he said they don't even allow TikTok in China, yet they allow these kinds of influence campaigns to take place globally. Senators Mark Warner, he's a Democrat from Virginia, and Marco Rubio, the Republican, as you know, from Florida, they are working together on this, and they're urging the Federal Trade Commission to formally investigate the relationship between the Chinese regime and TikTok's owner in Beijing. TikTok has become known for its role in promoting bad behavior. There are a lot of things I could say about it, but this is important, more important than some of the others in my view. This James Loy, he's the College of Education, Health, and Society uh, director at Miami University in Ohio. And he's one of many educators that are addressing this issue from a public education point of view. And it is concerning to them as well. He's, he wrote a, uh, an article as kind of a, kind of a release, more than an article, uh, yesterday and he sent it out from McGuffey Hall. I thought that was an interesting name for their hall there. McGuffey, of course, was very fundamental in textbooks in the early days. And he, he used a lot of scripture for kids to learn because Noah Webster, the founder of public education, had even said at one time, he said the Bible could be the only textbook that we used to give a kid a good education. That's how far we've drifted from the founding intent of public education. But anyway, from 
McGuffey Hall at the College of Education, University of Miami in Ohio. He said this, he said, a rise in destructive student behaviors encouraged by social media trends on platforms such as TikTok are occurring in many school districts. In recent weeks, the devious licks, in quotes, trend has resulted in criminal activities such as stolen soap dispensers, smashed bathroom equipment, vandalized walls, and more. Summarily, he says, the recent announcement of the Slap Your Teacher Challenge has raised additional concerns. Miami University College of Education, Health and Society, Education Leadership Faculty and Experts are available, he said, to help schools address these and related issues. It's become, uh, end of quote, it's become epidemic in schools. What they do on tech, on TikTok is there will be people on there. I'm, I'm not saying the Communist Party does that. They're just facilitating it. They don't need to do it. It's more effective if other kids and other people are doing the work of the communist. So they just provide the platform and cheer these kids on while they don't let their own kids even on TikTok in China. What they do is kids will come on there and they'll they'll do something bizarre and often very harmful to themselves, sometimes others. And the, I mean, this one slap your teacher was they were daring kids, and they're talking to hundreds of millions of kids. They were daring kids to go to go to school and slap their teacher and do it, have somebody video it. When they do it, then they could put it on TikTok. And then all these kids can come on there and see it and, you know, they can laugh or whatever. And they do this repeatedly with all kinds of different, similar but different uh, behaviors. So <laughs> TikTok is a threat to your children and it's a, it's a national threat to our country. I can almost hear the Apostle Paul standing in the shadows, maybe not in the shadows, maybe on a lectern somewhere, and he's looking at TikTok. I'm just surmising this. It's not in the Bible, but I can hear the Apostle Paul looking at TikTok and saying, from such, turn away. He liked that phrase. Do you know... I mean, are you aware of how much time your child or your grandchild is spending in front of the screen? I think you should look into it. I, I really do. I, I don't think this is something we should, well, you know, that's what kids are doing. Boy, we need to be aware of what they're doing. I'm not suggesting you throw out all the screens. Some people have done that. They've gotten rid of television and everything. I, I, I don't, that's not where I am. That's not where God wants me to be. I respect that. But in this case, I don't think, I mean, I don't think you should get rid of all screens and all video and even social media has a, I mean, it, there is positive in that, in social media, churches are using it. I mean, streaming services and all this kind of thing. That's wonderful. It's glorious. But at the same time, there's a dark underbelly to this whole new world of media and access that we've created just in the last, you know, 15 years or so. So how much time are your kids or grandkids spending on the media? And equally important, what are they spending it on? If they're playing games mindlessly, okay, that keeps them happy and occupied or whatever. I mean, there's a whole study about too much screen time is not biologically, physically good for children. 
Uh, we're not going to get into that today, but I've read quite a bit about it. But I'm talking about more the heart. Be careful, little eyes, what you see, and little ears, what you hear, that kind of thing. TikTok is a threat to children. Do you know how much time you're spending on media? I think it would be surprising if we all knew. Maybe we don't. I don't spend much time on it. I spend a lot of time on the Internet research for this program. And I'm not suggesting that all media is bad. It isn't. But evaluate the kinds of influence that you're exposing yourself to and ask yourself, does it uplift me in my walk with Christ or is it disturbing and depressing? Does it create anxiety or peace? Is it secular or is it Christian in nature? Does it create thoughts and emotions that glorify God? Does it create anger, resentment? Or is it righteous indignation? On the media you find to be non-productive in your Christian life, throw the switch, pull the plug, get rid of it. You don't have to have all that stuff if it isn't serving what you know to be God's will for your life. Whatsoever things are true, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, and the God of peace shall be with you. The bottom line is, so okay, Gary, we don't, Gary, stop talking. I don't want to hear how bad it is in the world anymore. I think what we're seeing here and what we may be missing is in order to guard our mind, we must recognize how ungodliness and ungodly thoughts can penetrate our heart and our mind. And the thing that we need to do is to look at all of this that's happening in our world because God desires his people to be informed. But we must look at it through the lens of God's word. The psalmist David said in Psalm 19, verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. And if we look through God's word at what's happening in our culture, we can be both informed and we can be inspired because God ultimately is in control of everything that happens. God is almighty God. He is over all. He is in every circumstance and he is in charge. He is in control. And when we can look at things in our world, we can be just essentially informed without being depressed, without being overwhelmed. But social media can be very destructive as much as it can be helpful. That's why we do what we do on this program. And so I hope that this prompts you to give that some thought over the weekend. And again, I'm not saying, you know, throw out all the screens. I am saying, be careful, little eyes and ears, what you see and hear. I think it's very important because we are being shaped, we are being conformed to the world, and it is a, a very specific, a very intentional movement by the press in particular and by public education in particular. And it affects not only the children, but their parents and their grandparents as well. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. 
Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Have a great weekend. I'll see you right here on Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.